The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2017, and I'm your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everyone. Charles Michael Edwards. Hello, everyone. Peter Velez. Yeah. Mm, uh, uh, good. A, mm. <laughs> and TC. Hi, everyone. Well, let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 14, titled Attack on Central City, which aired on February 28th. Here's our official synopsis. The Flash mobs feeling pretty good about themselves, having dealt with Grodd last episode. Barry and Iris are having some lovey-dovey time. Wally and Jesse are planning to tell Harry about their relationship, and HR is decorating. Suddenly, Gypsy appears and attacks the team. We find she was being controlled by Grodd, which means Grodd is out there somewhere. Harry amps Cisco's vibing ability to see the future, and they set a trap for Grodd, but he doesn't show. He just uses his powers to threaten Joe's life. Harry helps Joe remember traces of what was inside Grodd's mind, tipping the team off that Grodd is going to steal nuclear weapons. Barry rushes off to deactivate the nuke, and Harry helps convince him he can get it done in time, which he does, but that just means Grodd launches Plan B, a guerrilla army. Barry, Wally, and Jesse head off to slow the army down, but are losing when Cisco and Gypsy appear with their secret weapon, Solovar, king of Gorilla City. Solovar defeats Grodd and spares his life at Barry's request, then takes the Gorilla army back to Earth 2. Wrapping things up, Harry goes back to Earth 2, leaving Jesse to apparently move in with Wally. Barry proposes to Iris, and Wally, on a run to Big Belly Burger, runs into the dreaded Savitar as the credits roll. So let's check in on the ratings for this episode of The Flash, proving that what people really want these days is Gorillas. The ratings rose a bit this week, with 2.8 million viewers and a 1.1 in the key demographic. Enough monkeying around, you guys. What was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Peter, let's start with you. Uh, I'm one of those people that can't get enough of Gorillas. I I like the episode. I thought it was good. Plot-wise, probably a little weak, uh, but they I'm, I can forgive the writers for that just because, you know... Once uh, you sw- uh, swallow the idea of giant telepathic gorillas uh, attacking a city, you kind of forgive a lot of things. But I dug it. Uh, the ending a little less so, but overall, uh, enjoyable episode. TC, what'd you think? I'm going to have to agree with Peter, you know? I mean, yeah, there were some little bit of things like issues, but overall it was enjoyable. I liked the whole, you know, monkey gorilla thing. I'm glad they kind of uh, wrapped that up. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty decent episode. Yeah. Charles, what were your reactions? Um, I was my my expectations were actually overdone. Um, I was expecting a real cheap CGI fight between all the speedsters and the gorillas, but 
I I, I really like the uh, rematch between Grodd and Salivar. And finally, Brittany, what were your thoughts? Wow, I feel like I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. I was really underwhelmed by the episode, but I think that's just because of my own expectations. I was actually expecting, like, a really nice, like, big battle, you know, everyone with gorillas. But then I noticed when we got to a certain point in the episode that that wasn't going to be the case. And I got really, really sad, and I didn't really enjoy some of the stuff. But with that said, we had a lot of good moments. And we had Harry back, which I love Harry, but he was a really big asshole for some reason in this episode. Or unless I don't remember him being that way, but I guess I, for me, it was just, it was a okay episode. For me. But I guess maybe when you guys talk, you might sway me. But we'll see. Before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, The Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Uh, before we get started, I just hope you all got my Friends Day notes. Sorry they're a week late, but you know what the mail is like. Uh, but on that <laughs> note, let's start with one of my favorite rom-coms, When Harry Met H.R. What did you mm-hmm. think about the interactions between the two Harrisons? Brittany, let's start with you. I love them, first and foremost. I think we've been waiting for this all season, especially when... Um, we weren't going to get a lot of Harry, but we were getting HR and everybody was warming up to him and not liking him. And finally, we got them together. And I feel like they were really trying to distinguish the both of them like individually. Like, this is who HR is and this is who Harry is. But they may... Maybe I don't remember, but Harry was just such an asshole to him. And I was like, I remember him being a jerk in season two. But by the end of it, when he goes back to Earth 2, he's like warmed up to everybody. And he doesn't call... Uh, Cisco Crisco anymore like he's he's like he ends up being like a okay guy but he spit in HR's coffee and I was just like no Harry I don't know what's wrong with you and then what he does to Jesse later I don't know what they were doing with Harry in this episode I I didn't really like it well it might be that you know the Harry that we got at the beginning of last season was actually Harry it's just that he'd warmed up to these individual people on the team and you know obviously hr not being someone that he knew was someone that he was you know a little more brusque towards tc what did you think about harry and hr 
Um, well, you know what? Uh, I, I'm sorry, Brittany, to go against what he says, but this is the Harry that I know, loved, and missed. I love asshole Harry. First, I have to give it up to Tom Cavanaugh because he did an outstanding job. I'm not usually the type that likes these kind of double takes where the actor plays different characters because I think they can be kind of cheesy. But in this case, I wasn't even think of Tom Cavanaugh like playing two different characters. I was thinking about the different characters. And I loved every assholey minute of it. And that's right, I said the word assholey because it was just awesome like i'm and you know what having this harry back honestly like they just kind of killed jr or was it hr for me for good because this is the harry i want to see more of just like i don't know when he spit in the guy's coffee i started laughing i was like yeah and when the fact that like how he lied i guess to his daughter i, I started cracking up laughing i don't know if i'm just into sad sadistic characters but <laughs> he was awesome charles what did you think about the interplay between harry and hr um, I have to agree with TC. I, I loved asshole Harry. Um, the, the the moment for me was when he spit in HR's coffee. It it was like him cementing that regardless of whether or not you're here permanently now, I I will still be the favorite or the original, considering he's the second. But he he's stood above all all the other Harrison Wells since he's appeared and since he's left. Um. As far as him lying to his daughter, I was kind of bummed out because I fell for it just like Wally did. But when she came and called him on his bullshit, I, I died laughing. I, I thought it was a total hairy move to do. And it, it really raised up the episode for me. Well, the other thing, too, is, you know, he didn't even try lying to his daughter. He lied to Wally, who fell for it, but his daughter instantly saw through it. So clearly he's done stuff like this before. You know, this is part of a pattern on his uh, on his part. Uh, Peter, what did you think about Harry and HR? Uh, I really I, I think I come in between the middle between uh, Brittany and TC and Charles. Uh, I like the interactions. It did kind of shock me, though, how over the top that uh, Harry was. Uh, in his like very obvious dislike of HR. Uh, and I wish it was something that they touched upon at the episode. Like throughout all those scenes, I was expecting at the very end of the episode that they have like a conversation and that, that it is addressed. Uh, but it just, the episode just kind of ends and it doesn't uh, get talked about, which I found disappointing, but I guess will be a, maybe addressed later on in the season. Uh, Cause I really do think that there's something there that, you know, I, I think that Harry, is has a problem with HR, but it might not be the problem you think. I might think it might be sort of a jealousy problem or, I don't know, something else. But uh, I, I think it's an interesting relationship and one that I hope they come back to. Even just, you know, the fact that Harry is, you know, a brilliant guy who doesn't suffer fools gladly to see a version of himself who he realizes wow, you are dumb as a tree. That, that's got to be a bit uh, disturbing. Because, you know, I think we'd like to think that, you know, all of ourselves and all of our realities are basically the same. Maybe that, you know, uh, is challenging some uh, deeply held beliefs on his part. Uh, but he's happy, is the thing. Well, that's it's the other thing, too, yes. HR, it's, it's sort of that whole, uh, you know, the, uh, the inverse relationship between intelligence and happiness. HR and Harry seem to be playing that out pretty well for us. Um. So, uh, near the beginning of the episode, we get to see a bit of Barry and Iris at home. What did you guys think of the opening breakfast scene? TC, let's start with you. I was in love with it. Actually, you know what? I, was, I watched it online. I had to go back a couple of times because I couldn't get enough of it. I'm not usually like, okay, I'm lying. I'm totally romantic at heart. And that was just 
brilliant. The whole, the way it was done, how it caught. The only thing that kind of killed it for me, and this isn't really the show's fault, but it happens in a lot of shows, is like Iris coming up from bed and having those fake eyelashes. Like, I mean, I, I know it's a little thing, but it kind of took me out of the moment because I was just looking at all the makeup and how her hair was done. I'm like, come on, couldn't you just kind of make it even look a little realistic? Just a little, you know, kind of. She's getting out of bed and it would have been cute if she wasn't so made over and he just, you know, surprised her that way. I don't know. That that was only my little problem with it. Charles, what do you think? Um, I really enjoyed the opening scene with uh, Iris and Barry. Um, uh, Iris and Barry's relationship is growing me a lot better than uh, when she was with uh, Eddie. I don't know what it was about that previous relationship that I really didn't care for, but... Her and uh, Barry seem like a much better mix. Like, the chemistry is really there. I feel like uh, Eddie and her almost forced it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like the over-conversation of the cooking of the breakfast. And uh, they're, they're really, really sweet and growing on me. And Brittany? I have to agree with everyone here. I thought that the scene was really, really adorable, really cute, and I, I guess I'm just mad at the CW for scheduling both Supergirl and um, this episode of Flash, like, not on the week of Valentine's Day. So I was just like, why is this happening? But I still loved it. It's cute. That said, I was really sad with how they tried to, like, go for full circle with that later on in the episode because uh, I, I have some things to say about that. But this was super cute, super adorable. Okay, Peter, so far as no one no one has spotted the glaring, obvious flaw in that scene. I'm leaving it up to you. Oh, God. Uh, no gorillas? Uh, no. Um, I don't know. <laughs> All I could think about during that scene was that, man, the writers really want us to know that Iris and Barry bang a lot. Like, it is sort of the one couple activity you see them. They're either having very serious conversations about Flash stuff, or they're about to bang. You know, it's because they don't show us. That's why. So they have to talk about it all the time. <laughs> I mean, couples do other things. We could see Barry and <laughs> Iris at the movies, you know, grocery shopping. But they're almost consistently like, nah, we're about to head to the bedroom for uh, stuff. They have uh, a lot of quickies, though. I mean, you have to admit. So. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, my significant point. other uh, about to die or uh, might might die in a few months. I try to, you know, use my time well. Uh, uh, overall, yeah, I liked it. it so cool. yeah, I think we all uh, agreed that it was it was a nice, you know, look at the domestic life. My problem here is, you know, just basic thermodynamics, which is that Barry can be the fastest guy in the world, but you can't cook a pancake fast, and you can cook a pancake. So no matter how fast he runs around, it's going to be, you know, super fast, pouring everything, and then like, okay, sitting there tapping your foot for a minute. And then the pancake's going to get cold just as fast as it would normally. So that entire stack of food would be inedible. Did he say he cooked it or did he just like say, like went and got it separately and then just like presented it there as if he cooked? I'm pretty sure it was intended that he was cooking because um, when she walked in, you were seeing the lightning reflected on her face to indicate he was running all over the place. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he used to have nice things. Professor. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just pointing out it's simple thermodynamics. Don't get me started on the three bears because that's thermodynamically impossible. <laughs> uh, okay, moving away from that to things that uh, are more positive and, and, and don't violate the laws of thermodynamics. Uh, what did everyone think about the return of Gypsy? Brittany? I was okay with it. I said 
the first time we saw her that I hope we see her again. But I guess, like I said earlier, my expectations were a little too high. So I was really bothered by the fact that we spent a lot of time with her not wanting to help when in, when in the end we knew she was going to help. And I just didn't like that. I thought she would be the type to be like, well, you know what? I kind of I kind of did this, even though it really wasn't me. Let me help you guys out. That way I can get back to my job. But she resisted a lot. And I was just, I, I didn't really enjoy that. But either way, I enjoyed having her back. And I, um, I think it's okay that she's not part of the team. Because then I think she would overshadow Cisco a lot. But I do hope we see more of her. And I hope they utilize her a little bit more um, when they do bring her back. And Peter, what did you think about the return of the unfortunately named uh, Gypsy? Uh, I feel like in her first appearance, I kind of um, was a little bit negative about her just because of how different she was from the uh, comics. Um, but now that I'm sort of used to the character, I, I really dug her in this episode. I love her and uh, Cisco's relationship. I think that's really cool and fun. Uh, and I, I still hate her costume. I don't. Really know what's up with those leather boob combs she has on her jacket. Uh, it's like, uh, why? Why? Um, it was, it, I like her. It's fun. Although I do think it's weird she uses the same Earth uh, like lingo that they do. Like her Earth 2 is, uh, is, is Earth 2, which it's a little detail and maybe that's just me being Oh yeah, a, that's a, a good nerd. point, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, I went to Earth 2. I was like, that you don't know that that's Earth 2. <laughs> that's Earth purple to you or whatever. Like, I don't know. Because um, they did try to address that point when they had her uh, refer to Cisco as Luke Starkiller because that's been established that that's the name of you know Luke Skywalker from Earth 19, where she's from. But that's a good point. Why would they all have the same numbering system? Yeah, it's just one of those things that I was like, mm, whatever. I'm just being a nerd and I just like look over it. Uh, but overall, I'm, I'm glad that she, she came back. Uh, I like the way that she uses her vibe. She sort of uses it a lot differently than Cisco, uh, almost like a tether or telekinesis. Uh, so I think it was cool it, and it was a good idea to sort of differentiate her powers a little bit. Uh, I, I, I can't wait for her to come back. And Charles, what did you think? Um, I don't know what it is about Gypsy, but for me, she's bringing something really fresh to the show. I really enjoy her character. I especially enjoy her interaction with Cisco. It seems like she seems to be the only one who can match his nerd, if that's the way I want to put it. Um, I, I do agree that her avoiding trying to help Cisco and his friends kind of felt a little pointless because we all knew she was going to help in the end. Uh, I actually think it should have followed through with her actually not helping and Cisco being on his own, but it worked out for the best. Uh, but yeah, I, overall, I, re I really liked her in this episode. Yeah, I like her too, and, and I feel like she adds a certain uh, chaotic good hand Solo vibe to the team. You know, she's not part of the main team. You know, she will help out if she feels like it, but she's not, you know, uh, like the rest of the group. Uh, TC, what do right. you think about Gypsy? Um, I liked her. I, I do. I love her, even from the first episode we saw her in. Uh, the boob cones, I don't have an issue with, but I'm not going to lie and say they didn't kind of, like, draw my attention. It wasn't the boobs. It was just like, why are they there? Like, I don't know. It took me out of the episode. Like, what are, what are, there, what are there? Is she got, is it like a pocketbook? Does she have, like, cuffs in there? But <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, uh, utility. But, yeah, I, you know what? I, I like the fact that she didn't give in, even though we all knew she was going to help eventually. Um, it, it seemed like, you know, it was, it was conflicting with her, her sense of 
you know, duty and also her sense of kind of like, well, I got to do my job and everything. I could see how she would mull that over. But yeah, about the second time that he asked her, she should have, it took her like what, three or four times to ask her until finally she was like, okay, well, and he gave some kind of inspirational, like little speech before it or something. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of a little bit cliche, but you know, as far as her attitude, she does bring like this kind of freshness to the show. And I mean, it's good. She's good in small doses. I don't want to see her too often though. Uh, Cisco tries to predict where Grodd's going to attack, but his vibe seems to be wrong as the guerrilla dar- army doesn't show up. Uh, but Grodd does grab control of Joe's mind and tries to have him shoot himself in the head. What did you guys think about that scene? Uh, Charles, let's start with you. Sorry about that. Could you repeat that? Uh, that's okay. Grodd had briefly grabbed control of your mind, so I'll just repeat it for you now that you're yourself again. Uh, so uh, <laughs> after Cisco tries to predict where Grodd's going to attack, the vibe seems to be wrong. Uh, there's no guerrilla army waiting there, but uh, Grodd does reach out and grab control of Joe's mind uh, and forces Joe to try to, to try to kill himself in front of Flash. Uh, what did you think about that scene? Uh, the m- most thing I liked about that scene was when the Flash pushed uh, Joe out of the way of the bullet at the last second. I thought that was a real, actually one of the, the most recent updates of Barry Speed that we've gotten in a while. Like, it kind of showed that he has gotten faster, even if he hasn't demonstrated it, and he still gets hit by blow darts on other Earths. But that that's beside the point. Uh, Peter, what did you think about the scene? Uh, I'm not a big fan of using uh, Cisco's, like, deus ex machina powers. Um, so that part of the scene was kind of whatever, but the, the Joe part was very uh, intense, and uh, I was... I'm not gonna lie. I was a little afraid for Detective West there for a second. I, uh, it, it it worked for me at least that ending part of the scene. I really liked it. Yeah, I felt a little. And I, again, you know, kudos to uh, you know the way they uh, you know portrayed the whole thing. I, I did have a brief moment of they wouldn't actually kill him here, would they? Surely, you know, someone would have spoiled that at some point. Uh, TC, what did you think about the scene? Um, I have to give it up to Jesse L. Martin again. Uh, he, I guess it's because he's a singer. But the bass in his voice when he did Grodd, I was impressed. Like, it was just on point. Like, his entire voice just changed. And you could hear that, like, deep monotone. It was it was kind of freaky. And, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I knew, of course, he's not going to shoot himself in the head in that, you know, right there. But still, there was a little bit, it was a little tense. And I could barely see Barry, like, uh, I guess, uh, pull, pull the gun out of the way. I mean, it was so fast and so quick i didn't even see like a flash or anything it just happened so i was impressed i really was because it happened flash before I could was the guy in the red suit standing right there. <laughs> I, I don't honestly know how you could have missed him no it's just i didn't see it i don't know maybe it's because the scene happened so quick or maybe i turned away for a second but i just like i knew he he jerked the gun away but i don't know i guess i just didn't really see it or something that could i think what he actually did was he he actually so the, the bullet was in the air and he pushed joe out of the way so fast that the bullet okay. just grazed his forehead. So he was actually shoving Joe out of the way of the bullet rather than trying to catch the bullet out of the air as a flash normally would do. Okay, so my brain just confused me then. Okay, <laughs> we got that cleared up. Then yeah, but I mean, it was more so like, for me, I focused more so on like, you know, Martin's impression of Grodd because I couldn't believe how how good he was. It was kind of well, creepy. Well, yeah, and that's that's the point we were talking uh, last week about the idea to have Grodd speak through other characters' voices. I said it was kind of a mixed bag, but I'm with you, yeah. Jesse L. Martin, he he gave you know Grodd this gravitas uh, that you really thought, thought felt that oh this the, yeah this is the sort of you know uh, being who could take over the city. He, it, I thought he felt 
much more uh, real as a threat. Brittany, what did you think about the scene? I thought it was great, and to be fair to Barry, uh, it's not his fault that we never know how fast he's getting, because every season there's someone faster, so it like overshadows any progress he's made in the past three years. Um, and I was a little bit tense about what was going on with Joe, but then I remembered he's not dying until May 23rd, 2017, so then I was like, okay, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> But it was a great scene. I think uh, seeing one of our favorite characters have a gun at his head uh, kind of wakes you up a little bit. And, and that for me was like, man, if my prediction or our theories come true, I'm going to be really sad. So I just hope that, that I, I feel like this, this, this moment gave us a little glimpse of that. And that kind of that freaked me out more than the moment itself. But it was well done. And it just showed that Grodd like meant business. Uh, and on that note, let's just take it around the horn and ask, you know, we had a lot of great performances. We talked about, uh, you know, Jesse uh, Martin there. We had uh, Tom Cavanaugh playing Harry in HR. We had Cisco, you know, playing his, uh, you know, devastatingly charming, you know, you can't resist me, uh, everything like that. Uh, who do you think was the standout uh, player uh, in this episode? TC? I'm going to have to say, I'm going to go with Harry. I am. I'm going to go with Harry because, I don't know, everything just keeps me, I don't know, he left the biggest impression on me with everything going on. I guess I missed him so much and Tom, and Tom Cap. I mean, I barely even remember HR. I just remember all the little, even the little hints, like subtleties of what he was doing. You know, like I just, Harry's definitely, uh, it's Tom Cavanaugh. Charles, who was our first star from the uh, cast tonight? I'm going to have to go with Monkey Hands. <laughs> Food! <laughs> yeah, no. Especially that one scene where Grodd has ripped the roof off the car and you just see that big monkey hand reaching in. Right, and he did yeah, was... extra slow motion the camera. Use of monkey hands. I just uh... got that out of my head, too. Just got it out of my head. <laughs> you guys know what's really scary about monkey hands is they have four of them. That's a good point, <laughs> technically. <laughs> Oh my god, no, no. Later on, we'll be discussing favorite parts of Monkey Anatomy, so everyone be working on your answer for that. <laughs> uh, Peter, uh, who do you think was the standout character? Uh, I, I agree with TC. I think that uh, Harry and HR, uh, Tom Cavanaugh played them both really well. Although, I, uh, I want to give a runner-up shout-out to... Uh, Daniel Panabaker, actually. I don't know, I can't exactly put my finger on, on it, but she had the sort of excitement about her throughout the episode uh, that I really enjoyed, that she was kind of positive and she just seemed to be happy to have Harry and Jesse and sort of like the whole gang there together at once. Um, she was cheering on Cisco, like they had their science best friends forever thing going on. So I really enjoyed her this episode as well. And Brittany, who do you think was the best? Oh, you know me and my uh, Crisco bias. Um, I think he did well this episode. Um, I was actually hoping, like how Charles was saying earlier, that he he had wished that um, Gypsy went through with what she was saying and she wouldn't help. But not because she didn't want to, but because she knew if she did it, it could push um, Cisco to, to do something more with his powers. Because that's what we're learning for the second half of the season is him... I, well, I was hoping that he would learn to use his powers a bit more effectively. 
So that would have been nice. But either way, I enjoyed his interactions um, with Gypsy as well as Harry. I feel like even though Harry was being an asshole, I, I don't know. I feel like he was being more of an asshole than more than he usually is. Because I love Harry. But he also like came back and there was like a flow between him and um, and Cisco. It's like their their bromance like just picked up where it left off. So um, I enjoyed that. So yeah, I love me some Cisco. It was also kind of interesting that when Harry was preparing to go back to Earth 2, you know, when he was saying goodbye to everyone, uh, technically the last person he would have said goodbye to was Cisco, even though they cut it after he talked to Barry. But he clearly, Cisco was going to be the last person he said goodbye to before leaving, which I thought was interesting. Uh, for me, it was uh, Jesse L. Martin. I mean, not just the scene with Grodd, but even later on, you know, as he's sort of recovering from almost being shot in the head and, you know, just he, he didn't have a lot of lines to work with, but he just played stuff so well. You know, the little things, there was a scene where they were talking about, okay, you're going to take these magnets and make me remember what happened to the monkeys. Okay. And he sort of, you know, mm -hmm. he's sort of like getting to that sense of, well, this is just another day at the office here at Star Labs. Um, so we got a couple of arrow shoutouts uh, in this episode. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, it was HR shooting Cupid's bow and referring to him having to take some training. And then later on, of course, we have Barry wandering around all broody and moody and blaming himself for everything, which is, of course, totally an Ollie play. Barry is convinced he's going to have to kill Grodd if he's going to end the threat. And, of course, he's just seen Joe almost shoot himself in the head in front of him. So, you know, when you're facing an opponent like that, you know, uh, probably the best thing to do is pull an arrow and uh, and kill them. Uh, what did you think about the decision at that point? Charles, let's start with you. Um, I, I, I understand why he was moving toward that direction because the first time he fought Grodd and he decided to hold back when he may should have uh, moved a little more lethal he ended up with grod getting uh to their earth anyway so i understand why he thought he had to make that decision but i was very surprised that uh harry was the one who talked him out of it i really thought it was going to be joe but harry came with one of the greatest moments of wisdoms in the entire season so it, it really impressed me who was there to stop him from cross crossing that line and the resolution of when he realized that what everyone's been telling him has been correct the entire time. There's always a way. Well, you raise a point I was going to get to next, but we may as well uh, deal with it here. Both Iris and Harry try to talk Barry out of killing Rod, uh, and they take very different approaches. Iris arguing that, you know, uh, you know, this is not you and, you know, you're the person I love and, and all that. And uh, Harry basically making the argument that the first time you do something like that, you know, it just gets easier and easier. And, and also Harry had, you know, a rather dark hint in there uh, that, you know, he's done a lot of things, you know, that he's not proud of some quite recently, which made me think that wasn't a line that was just thrown in there casually. I think we're going to find something out about that going forward. So what do you think uh, about the, uh, the the quality of their arguments that uh, that Iris and uh, uh, and uh, Harry were making? Well, oh, I don't know. I, I wonder if we're all going to be split here. If you all are going to agree that Barry's or the the persuasion for Barry not to kill was the right way to go. Um, look, if there is something that keeps coming back and is getting more evil every time they do, the best thing to do is put them put them down and I say that not just because I, I like Arrow and you know whatever because they're doing their own weird moral thing over there too um but they were saying in here that um 
Wow, I lost my train of thought of where I was Just going. Just to clarify, by their own weird moral thing, do you mean not killing people more or less at random? Yeah, like how we had that recent episode Wusses. of Arrow. <laughs> like we had that recent episode of Arrow where Oliver was in a in a hell. He blew up a helicopter, and then he tells this person not to get her revenge, and but she does anyway. But not to you know do it because it's wrong. And I'm all like, but you just blew up a helicopter. Like it's just weird stuff. But also Barry has killed before, maybe not intentionally, but he's had. He had before, and he doesn't really care. In season one, there's a, quite a bit of baddies that we've had before that we don't see again because they they killed them before. So, um, the fact that Grodd didn't give any redeeming qualities in these past two episodes, or even before, what I was solidified with them ki- putting him down because I didn't see any other way of them for them to get rid of him. Especially since I know that they're locking him up in Argus and he's going to get released again. Although I would like to see Shark versus Grodd. <laughs> so maybe I'm okay with it now. But um, I was just not into those conversations. I was just like, just let Barry do it. It's not like he's killing somebody that was like nice or something. And I know that Grodd came from, you know, being experimented on and everything. But instead of just getting revenge, he wants to kill the human race or all of central city that's not like something i can sympathize with him for so i was just like whatever you guys should just totally kill him but maybe it's because barry can't even they nerf barry so hard in this episode but um yeah i wasn't into those two conversations but i get it i guess flash has to be lighter even though he's killed before but uh i didn't care for those conversations i thought i thought barry had the right idea and it and and just because we know he's gonna come back and i can't wait till it does because i'm gonna be like i'm right no, i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I i vote grod that he's gonna be the big season bad for next uh season so well they certainly you know establishing him as as, as a credible threat you know mm-hmm. the fact that he is telepathic and extremely strong yeah. uh you know uh you can certainly see how he could be uh you know considered uh you know for for big bad status uh tc what did you think about first uh barry's decision whether or not to kill grod and also the arguments that uh, Iris and Harry made. Well, I was conflicted because Lord knows I love when my heroes kill some people. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of Batman killing people, and I think Arrow needs to be killing more people than not killing wait, enough people. Wait, Batman doesn't kill. <laughs> he does in my world, okay? <laughs> no, but uh, he just lets Zack a Snyder. <laughs> yeah, no, he just yeah. lets a train with a dude in it crash into a building. He doesn't kill people, though. <laughs> but you know what, though? But I'm conflicted because, you know what? I don't want all of my heroes to kill. Like, Batman and Arrow, you know, they're they're tortured souls. They're dark. They need to kill some people to get it out. That's cool. But, like, Superman and the Flash, and I don't want there to be blood on the Flash's hands. Like, if he's killing just in the course of trying to, like, you know, save someone or whatever, that's different. But killing something in, someone in cold blood just because you don't want them to do something, you know, kill the city or whatever, that's it's different to kill someone in cold blood than it is to do with saving your own life. And I think that would change Barry in a way that I wouldn't want him to be changed in. I don't want another Oliver Queen speeding around the city feeling sorry for himself and leaving tear puddles everywhere. Like, I I like Barry still innocent and pure. And, you know, he did. He found an alternative way to handle it. And rather, you know, Grodd escapes from Argus' control or not, we don't know. But it shows that there are other ways. And when it comes to the arguments that Iris and Harry made, I mean, you're right. Like, they, they came from different angles, but they were virtually saying the same thing about what makes Barry a hero and what makes him so, 
people to, to look up to. Even Iris, Iris is the same thing. People look up to him and they aspire to be him because he's a different kind of hero. He's not Oliver Queen, you know, and they, they see him as a symbol for something. And, and I think at one point, because of everything's going on, he may be sort of missing that or thinking, you know, because of his judgment. But ultimately, I just I want that in that purity to kind of stay there with Barry. I mean, it's one of the things that makes the Flash special. You know, I don't want another dark, gloomy Flash. And Peter, what do you think? Uh, I mean, personally speaking, I if I never see another superhero have the should I kill this person debate, it would be too soon. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, I do think that this was handled better than uh, it is. Um, elsewhere and in, in other versions of this are uh, discussion they've even had on the flash before um, I liked both reasons uh, finding a finding a third way is kind of a big thing of why I do love the superhero genre you know there is always there's there's always a way out of a situation um, and I also agree a lot with Harry that not just killing people, but doing the wrong thing is a slippery slope, especially if you don't get caught the first time. Because then you do think, oh, I can just keep doing this and it'll be fine. And, you know, that's, that's how damnation happens. So I, I, while I'm not a fan of the uh, debates, I did think that the arguments were good. And I agree with Harry. So, uh, Barry races off to stop a nuclear attack because, fortunately, the nuclear missile launchers have less security than an uh, iPhone. Uh, were you at all tense or surprised by how the scene played out, or did it pretty much work out the way you thought it would? Uh, Peter, let's start with you. Um, it kind of worked out the way I thought it would, although they added a few more seconds of drama than I thought that they would. Uh, they, I really thought that there was going to be some sort of another solution that they would come up with uh, for the missile launch, maybe that is where Gypsy had come in. Uh, but yeah, no, the the pressing all the combinations and a race against time—that's just classic superhero stuff. Although back to the last question, I agree with Brittany. You know, Grodd launch tried to launch a nuclear missile at a city. Like even the UN would put that dude to death. Maybe they just didn't want to make another meme. Oh, yes, man. yes, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, you got... the Harambe guilt comes out. Oh, oh, oh you but... gorilla killers, you. You guys heard about worst. that? Turn off his Have microphone. Heard... No, go on, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't just... actually have that power, Peter. I, I can't actually cut you off like that. I was just gonna actually I cut, I cut myself off because I was just gonna bring up another dead animal in the news. Oh, so okay, we can just keep going. Just Brittany. keep this. Let's let's keep this cheery train going. Because um, it was Brittany. going so well. <laughs> I know we were. Uh, Brittany, any uh, dead pets you want to talk about, or shall we uh, discuss uh, <laughs> the the nuclear disarmament scene? I have never had a pet in my life, unfortunately, so I don't have any of that. What? Yeah. That's another podcast. Yeah, that is. Don't blame me. Blame my mother. Into why she's so violent and enjoys season one. Of I love, I love animals except monkeys. No, I'm just kidding. But I love pets, but I can't have one because um, my mom never liked them. So there you I go. I thought that was that. That pause seems significant there. I, but I can't have one because I eat them, or because I no. hug them till they're dead, or 
there seemed to be like we were leading to something there. Uh, oh. So, what did you think about the resolution of the scene with the uh, the nuclear weapons? Were you surprised that it was just a matter of you know punching in those those pin codes until you got the right one? No, but I was kind of. I feel like it was a little bit of a wake up call during that scene because Flash has like the biggest team, or well, I don't know. There's legends, you know, but I mean, we were missing Julian in this um in this episode but i mean he harry was the substitute for that or vice versa however you want to look at it um but that's okay right because they always end up killing you know some of the members at the end of the season but when um when barry was trying to figure out what to do he was asking his team of like six people what to do and nobody had anything <laughs> to tell him i was like damn we got a really big team but nobody has anything like to add or anything creatively you know to come up with because they usually do but here it was like everyone was at a at a loss for words and i was actually kind of just like wow then why do we need any of you guys for <laughs> um but then barry got to do it all on his own so there you go there's Barry saves the day. I'm glad he did it. I had a feeling they would, but I just didn't know it was just going to be buried by himself. Uh, TC, what did you think about how the scene played out? I'm actually glad it was buried by himself. I mean, it's getting a little bit too crowded with all these speedsters, damn it. I mean, we got to remember whose show this is. And I'm glad it was just him, you know, at the last minute, because that's what I want. Like, you know, Wally and all the rest of them are great, but I want to see Barry, like, in the front lines, you know, soldiering it out. And uh, yeah, it was it wasn't as tense, I guess, uh, as it was supposed to be because it's been done to death. You know, oh my God, what's the code? You got to figure out the code. And it was a little bit like I don't know, like when when he finally stopped it, I was thinking, okay, well, Grodd has a remote and he's gonna push that thing and then the countdown's gonna start it. And it didn't. Grodd was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. I mean, <laughs> it just, I don't know. It was just kind of put in there and it didn't seem to have that great of momentum to me. And Charles, what did you think? On um, that moment was actually very refreshing to me. I have to agree with TC. I think there should be a lot more responsibility placed on Barry's shoulders. I mean, I think he relies on his team a little too much, especially to come up with ideas on how to save the day. When you have, when you're fastest man alive and you can think faster than anybody on your team, you know it, it kind of leads to acts well. If they're coming up with all your solutions, what are you actually good for since we have two other species on the team? It, it is getting a little crowded. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like the scene. It, it was a little tense for me because I didn't expect it to end the way it did. I thought for sure Cisco or Harry was going to come up with some random solution that was going to save the day. And I still thought Grout was going to have a detonator, but he didn't. And it, it fell on Barry, and I like that. Well, and uh, as we were saying, you know, it's nice to see uh, Barry front and center, even, you know, what we're coming up to when it seems that he's not as front and center. It was because he was the one who came up with the idea. So, you know, slowing down and using his brain rather than simply trying to, uh, you know, outrun or outpunch sometimes pays off. Uh, so while Flash, Kid Flash and Jesse Quick are facing off against the gorillas, Cisco is trying to charm Gypsy into helping the team with their mystery plan. Uh, what do you think about the vibesy chemistry in this scene? By the way, vibesy is the official relationship name now, patent pending. Uh, TC, let's start with you. Um, well, you know what? I thought it was cute. You realize I do like those two together. The chemistry is really funny. It's like, uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it was a great scene, and I knew. I liked the fact that she wasn't buying into it immediately. <laughs> it was just. I mean, she was giving off these little signals like, "Yeah, you're cute, but you're not that cute," kind of deal. And I love that. That's one of the things I love about the two of them. You know, it's. It, it, so I enjoyed it. I did. Well, I found it a little odd, like when they were back, you know, towards the end of the episode in Star Labs, uh, you know, and they had uh, Cisco sort of towering over her. I don't know whether they had him standing on an apple box or what, but I've never really gotten the sense that there that he had that height advantage over her, or maybe she just plays taller. Uh, I don't know, Brittany. What do you think about the vibes and chemistry? I think it's amazing. I I love it, and I mean, we've had Cisco um, hooking up with some of the the baddest bitches in Flash basically and she and, and most of them were mentioned or the one was mentioned uh, earlier in the episode by Caitlin you know Lisa Snart I mean um, I didn't want them together but I totally uh, I loved how she just let him on all the time and she gave him a kiss and stuff so that was just nice to watch but this I feel is a little bit more um, can't, I can't really think of the word it just it feels right um between the two of them that he's just being like all nerdy with his game um you know like oh i know you into me i know you into me um but the thing is she actually is into him i always see that in like every like teen movie ever you know she's into me it's like no no she's not but here i love that her silence says everything so um i just love that he 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 can be a little bit vulnerable with her and be like you know we need you and it's not like a pride thing that he wouldn't do, that he wouldn't ask her. He just, he needed, they need her help. And she's like, okay, you know, I'll do it finally. And it was, it was nice. And I actually, I don't, what, I don't know what, if they said what earth she was at. Did they say that? 19. I don't, didn't, she was on earth 19. Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess I just, it was just aesthetically pleasing to look at the rain and then uh, Cisco in his vibe costume and they're talking. And I was like, I, I really like this. I don't know why. I just, I, I'm drawn to darkness in that way. Um, R- rain and, falling on bra cones is always. Yeah. Nice. It just, it looked, it looked really nice. Like if you go and rewatch that, it looks really pretty if you're not paying attention to them talking, but what's around them. So, and I really want to know who she was talking to. Uh, before he gets in there, so that looked like a little Easter egg. I believe that is uh, like it's canon that Earth nineteen does have his own speedster, and that is his costume. But I can't remember his name. Um, one thing that Cisco said when they were talking was that you know his powers were developing, and he could sense that she really wanted to help him. That was just him bluffing, right? He doesn't really have that power. He was just trying to give her a, an excuse to help him. We can only. You know, is that what you think, or? Yeah. or that's no. that's what I'm, I'm saying. What do we think about that? Well, he was just like throwing that in there, trying to say, trying to give her, a, you know, a reason to say, yes, you're right. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, <laughs> I hope you're right. Oh, you thought that was real. I just like to me, it was like you know, I'm vibing you, and I can feel you. Like that's what I thought it was. But uh, I, oh, what if he can? What if he can? That'd be cool. Maybe it's something that she can't do, but he can, and so she fell for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Peter, what did you think about that scene? Uh, the scene where he bluffs her? Or were you thinking about oh, the bluff her? and just everything leading up to that, just the chemistry between the two? Uh, well, as for the bluff, uh, that hadn't occurred to me, but that'd be, that's interesting. That's now how I think about it, because that makes Cisco that much cooler. Um, I don't know. I, th- I like their chemistry a lot. Uh, watching Cisco get his game on was cool. Uh, he's done it a couple of times. We got to see him do it with uh, Kendra Hawkgirl Saunders last season. And now this season with Gypsy. And boy, oh boy, that last kiss. 
I have never identified more with a character on TV than I have with Cisco uh, Ramon, where he looks at her walk away and says, "I'm gonna marry that woman." Mm-hmm. I, I feel that. I was like, yeah, uh, and yeah, just the little details, like the big long kiss, but then also like the small little kisses afterwards. I'm just like, wow, she really is into him, uh, and then walks away like the badass she is. So I, I, I like vibes a lot. And and also like just from Vibe's point of view, like the first time, you know, she had that great fadeaway uh, when they didn't get the kiss, and it's like, wow, how do you top that for an exit? And she managed to do it here. Uh, Charles, what do you think about Vibesy and uh, and that scene? Um, I'm really feeling Cisco and uh, Gypsy. I think out of everyone on the show, they are the most hopeful couple. They they might make it past two seasons, no deaths. Uh, but yeah. Uh, the kiss was my favorite part of their whole interaction in the episode because we did get that little cliffhanger the last time she showed up and it was definitely paid off here. So the three speedsters are not faring very well against the gorillas, uh, somewhat surprisingly because they've got superpowers and on the other side are basically just, you know, gorillas with pointy sticks. But hey, uh, fortunately, Gypsy and Vibe show up with Solivar who challenges Grodd to combat. So let's talk about the gorilla fight scene. Let's start with TC. What did you think about those gorilla butts going at each other? That was just like, I couldn't stop looking at it. I mean, it was, you know, at first I was like, oh, yeah, they brought him in. You know, fight's going to go down. And I was all into it. But then all of a sudden you see these, like, leaps. And I think it was Savitar. He leaped. And I just saw the little monkey butt. And it, like, I don't know, it, like, clenched. And I don't know what it was. just digging that hole deeper. It was just the cutest thing ever. And um no, but it was I want a- you to just take a moment to imagine you're an animator or you know a special <laughs> effects artist working for the Flash, and you come home and it's like, what did you do today, honey? Oh, I just did. I said, we spent millions of dollars to animate this fantastic scene. Then they sit down, they listen to this, it's like monkey butt. <laughs> it was just genius. <laughs> but, but um, aside from the monkey butt, which you know was the cutest thing ever, um, I, I liked that fight a lot. I was like, hell yeah, you know, payback's a bitch, and that's why it goes back to like Barry not killing pools. Because the fact that Barry didn't kill that gorilla, now he could come back and just be like, you know, kicking Grodd's ass because, you know, and and he was pissed at Grodd and he actually was the one who kind of, in a way, saved the day, I think. I mean, yeah, Barry did his part, but I think it was the little monkey man with the cute butt that really came through, you know, so... I like that scene a lot, and I like seeing Grodd get his comeuppance because he knew he wasn't going to win that fight. He knew it. Well, and that's, you know, a good point you bring up, which is that, you know, know, as Barry was questioning, was it the right thing to, you know... Uh, not kill, you know, is it okay to kill? But, you know, they didn't make it as explicit as they might uh, have the fact that, you know, the thing that saved them was the fact that he wasn't willing to take a life. Um, so, I mean, that that ended up having the payoff. Uh, Peter, what did you think about the fight scene? I thought it was cool. Uh, I was glad to see the speedsters do so poorly. Um, I just think it sort of added a, a level of danger uh, that kind of wasn't there because they could have used a million different things like i don't know a lightning throw or i know i watched that scene and i was just like man if i was the flash how would i do this tornadoes like um but yeah uh, i think Brittany mentioned earlier that toward the, you notice the time in the episode and you're like oh they're gonna have to wrap this up pretty soon so this isn't gonna be quite the epic battle we wanted but uh, yeah, I like kind of, I like them getting smacked around, and I did like the surprise uh, Solovar uh, return appearance. Didn't see that coming. And Brittany, what did you think about the fight scene? 
I I actually loved it, even if it wasn't what I expected, which I think is okay sometimes. Uh, if it doesn't, you know, meet your expectations, sometimes it's, it's with a twist. And I really think it was clever how they brought in uh, Salivar to to handle it. And I also actually thought that that was like, um, oh, I can't think of the word where, you know, since they were so bent on um, Barry not killing Grodd that this was like the loophole, there you go, the loophole for uh getting rid of Grodd, but, you know, he doesn't have to do the dirty work himself. And it would just kind of, you know, just end on those terms. But they kind of go full circle with last week's episode, you know, where uh, Barry does, you know, show mercy to Solovar. So in return, Solovar shows mercy to Grodd. So I, I like that, how they connected that to the previous episode. But I still think they should have put him down because obviously Solovar doesn't have, uh, doesn't feel any... Uh, Anything for the humans, like he's not gonna come and you know destroy us or whatever uh, us, like as if I'm there. But um, Grodd was the only one that was that was filled with hatred. So it, but it worked out, I guess, for for Flash standards, it worked out. Uh, and I I liked it. I thought the CGI was done great. But then I was like, man, did they just use up all the budget in these last two episodes? <laughs> so that's a little sad. But then um. And while I was saying that, I guess I understand now why there wasn't a really big gorilla battle. Because technically those gorillas, I guess, were manipulated by Grodd into hating humanity. So it would have been kind of sad if they were all just killing all the gorillas. <laughs> when Grodd's the only one that's, you know, misbehaving. So. Uh, and Charles, what did you think of the uh, the gorilla butts? I mean, fights. Fights. Gorilla <laughs> fights. <laughs> um... I was a little disappointed at first because I expected a well put together speedster attack, like when um, like when a uh, Flash first went up against Zoom. But uh, I, I was surprised when they brought in Solovar, and I thought it was very well put together. But I, I I did not pay attention to the butts that that went over my head. Well, they were you know jumping in the air pretty high to be fair, so it would have gone right. They were head. so cute. I mean, they're just little tiny little monkey butts. I don't know. Okay, how can you like monkey butts so much yet hate monkey hands so much? It doesn't make any sense. How, how do you react when a monkey hand is scratching a monkey butt? You must be the, so conflicted. Here's the thing. Monkey hands, they're black, charcoal. They got little wrinkles in them, and they're rubbery, and they just, they, I don't know, just imagine them touching your face and all. Ooh. The monkey butts, though, they're like furry and cute, like a little... Like, so you like would like a monkey butt touching your face? Wow, that's I was hilarious. waiting for you to make that point. <laughs> no, but no, it's different. It's just different. The way it looked on screen, it was way cuter because it was small, and I don't know. You could see the little creases in his butt. It was cute, but the hands. I just think a gorilla. You hand don't like creases on a hand. <laughs> yeah, creases on a butt are okay with you. You are it was so drawn, inconsistent. It was drawn differently. It was drawn. There you go. It was drawn differently. Yeah, that, that's what it is. The hands well, are more. People take nothing away from this episode is that hands and butts are different. Monkey hands and monkey butts. Well, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah, I know. I think we've uh, we've gotten uh, a little bit off here. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to the end of the episode. So we already talked a little bit about uh, the uh, the uh, the vibe goodbye kiss, but uh, does anyone else want to weigh in on that? Just the uh, the way they uh, they said goodbye, Brittany. Um. No, not really. I just, I, I loved it. We, I think we, I think somebody talked about it earlier. Um, uh, just, 
I ship him. I ship him so hard. <laughs> and I hope she comes back. So, that's all I have to say. Well, I mean, they can both travel through dimensions. So, you know, it's a yeah. long-distance relationship. Well, I hope... Yeah, I just hope it's a lot better than apparently Wally and um, and Jesse that don't know how to do that stuff. But I, I guess I'll let it pass because they are a lot. They are much younger, so I um, I hope they continue something. Or the next time she comes, it's a, it, they establish that there is something. You know, we don't need a whole episode on it, but I would like to know that it's going well because I think uh, Cisco was feeling a little blue earlier about his love life. So I hope. It turns up for him. Well, to be fair, you know his uh, his track record hasn't been great. I mean, you know, uh, well maybe he one super his villain type. and one terribly yeah. acting barista. So <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that's better. on him. Um, so uh, on more happy uh, relationship news, uh, at the end of the episode, Barry pops the question. He proposes to Iris, but we don't get her answer. Again, just going around the horn. Is there any chance in hell she says no next episode? TC? Or she dies. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I, I, you know, the fact that she didn't say yes or shake her, I think she's going to say no, and they're going to come up with some arbitrary reason why. Oh, this and that. But I, I have a feeling she's going to say no. I do. If, if they didn't show it in this episode, then the next is going to totally be a no. Peter, what do you think? I actually didn't even realize she didn't give an answer. I was focused a little bit too much, I think, on the fact that I was a little upset that they had Barry at ask iris because i was faked out earlier in the episode during friends day where she kind of then goes up to him grabs his hands and makes uh she's like i have a question to ask you i thought that was what they were going to do it then uh so i was excited and a little bit disappointed when it was just sort of a standard here's some flowers and candles and i'm gonna you know get down on one knee um yeah i don't know yeah yeah i mean like conquers all you could have conquers all i guess you could have perhaps played it that uh, that he got the idea from her that you know if, if they'd shown a little sense of him you know thinking to himself you know a sense of disappointment that oh that she wasn't asking me uh, they could have uh, played that a little differently. Charles, what did you think about? Uh, is there any chance that uh, she says no? Uh, only if Savitar stabs her in the chest. <laughs> that, that's the only way I see that going. But we know that's months away. It could be May twenty third, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I'll always remember the date. <laughs> Always remember. <laughs> no. That's wrong. So wrong. But uh, uh, no, I, I really think uh, it's kind of set in stone. They're going to be engaged. And it, it even sets up even more cliches of her dying on their wedding night or something. Oh, wow. That would be very bad planning, wouldn't it? That's, to actually schedule your wedding. That's, that's just hubris right there. She's not going to die. No way. Wow. Look. Wedding halls are real hard to get, you guys. Okay, so if it's well, on the twenty, if, if the twenty third is open, take the twenty third. Valid <laughs> point, uh, Brittany. What do you think? What's going to happen next episode? Oh man, regarding have... the regarding the uh, proposal, not everything else. Oh, I have to go with TC. I think she's gonna say no, but not. I won't blame her for it because this was like the worst proposal I've ever seen in my life. Like. Barry Allen, you are the most selfish asshole, like, ever. Like, I've always known he's selfish, but, man, the reason he was giving her for getting married is the worst. Like, I know they were trying to give us, like, a, a walk to remember type of thing, but, um, 
with the way they've been talking about, you know, for Iris to have a lot of hope these past few episodes. So he's like basically saying, you know, we should get married now because I don't even know if you're going to die sometime. So, um, and they they keep saying that. I don't know what the future holds, but apparently you do. And this is, uh, when they rush an engagement and a wedding, it doesn't sound very good. So I feel like my theory about Jill might actually turn back to Iris. I might think that something might happen to Iris, but I not that she's going to be gone forever. That might be uh, um, something that they're going to do with in season three, like to get her back or something. But uh, usually a fast wedding and, and fast engagement, haha, um, it, it's not a good sign. It, and I've watched a lot of television, guys. I know. They just moved in like three episodes ago and now they're getting engaged. That's not exactly. a good sign. That's totally. not a good sign. Like 100%. Not a good sign. And second, that the Barry's reasoning. I would have expected an engagement like after they saved her from Savitar. And then he could have been like, you know what? I almost lost you. I don't ever want to lose you again. Bam, let's get married. But instead he's like, I'm going to lose you. So I should. we should get married. So, and, and Iris is going to feel like that that's not a good reason enough for them to get married. So, or if she says yes, it's going to be out of pity, but she really doesn't want to right now. But then maybe on the finale they do if she doesn't die. I don't know, but those are my thoughts on it. And I just did not like the proposal at all. Yeah, I could see them playing with that somehow of her thinking that he's he's rushing because he's afraid she's going to die and maybe her saying no, I won't accept it now, but on, you know, May May the 24th, 2017, ask me again. <laughs> um, how creepy it is that you remember that date. Have it May memorized. 23rd, 2017. I got it. <laughs> Man, I thought other people on this panel were the Iris haters. Um, so I finally, love Iris. I love Iris. Speaking of the death of Iris, uh uh, at the end of the episode, of course, Savitar suddenly appears in front of Kid Flash. What do you think happens next? Where do we go next episode? Let's just take it around the horn, starting with Charles. One of the best speedster fights we've seen on The Flash so far. I'm really looking forward to Wally taking on Savitar. I'm really looking forward to how bad he gets beat or how well he does for the first time. Peter? Uh, honestly, I'm a little cautious about the next episode i think this is uh one where they're gonna get really back into the sort of main overarching storyline pretty heavy with the savitar stuff i expect a lot of prophecy talk and that really hasn't been my favorite stuff from this season so i'm uh i hope i hope it's good i i'm not sure quite uh did i ever tell you all my pet theory that wally savitar Huh. Uh, I don't recall. Care to share your oh. pet theory? Um, that, that, that's kind of it. It's just kind of a weird feeling I have that uh, because of uh, Wally's such intense speed that he's so much faster than Barry and he can have that exponential growth that something happens at some point to turn him against the, the Flash Mob and they and he becomes Savitar. And, and that's kind of like the twist of this season. And he kills his sister out of sibling rivalry. Ooh. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe Je maybe something happens to Jesse because of Barry, so he takes away Iris. Oh I, wow! Wow, you are getting really dark here. I thought it was I getting know, the sociopathic discussion of why it's okay to kill supervillains, but this is really getting dark. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, who knows what uh, madness the Speed Force can bring? 
Okay. Um, and speaking of madness, Brittany, what do you think happens next episode? Oh man, I'm wondering if this is um, if this is the episode where we find out how Savitar is going to get out or how he is out because um, last time we saw him, you know, they they threw him into the Speed Force and now he's in front of Wally. Um, so I need to know how he got out, and I feel like Wally is the key to like something. He's got to use Wally for something. Otherwise, why did uh, he make Alchemy give him his power? So this doesn't this doesn't bode well for Wally at all at like any scenario ever. Um, so I'm a little scared for Wally. I feel like he he was a little too happy uh, this episode until the very end where even Jesse cock blocked him and now Savitar is. So I <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little scared for Wally. Wally's grown on me a lot, so I'm a little scared. And that's a good point to bring out, which is that, you know, Wally is the only one of them that got his powers, uh, you know, through uh, alchemy and therefore indirectly from Savitar, which might indicate he's part of a, uh, a larger, uh, more insidious plan. TC, what do you think we're going to see next episode? Um, I don't know. I I don't want to say, like, Wally would be in cahoots with Savitar. Sav- oh, God. Savitar. But um, I definitely think there's going to be some collusion, um, only because, you know, one will betray and the fact that Barry was relying on Wally to save Iris, you know, something like that is going to play out where either Wally ends up betraying, which I think he will, or, you know, in some way he's going to end up, you know, setting something in course or messing something. I know he's going to mess up something because that's what he's around for, just to mess things up. Sorry, my (laughs) Wally hatred is still there. (laughs) But yeah, um, maybe, and you know what, either way, I'd be happy because it'd be one less speedster on the show. There, you, you heard me, I said it. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't want to continue after that intake of breath. I should, you know, allow something to continue, but I'm not going to. Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.